Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. What is up, everyone? You're watching Yanks Go Talking. Maybe you're listening to it, but we are back. I'm your host, Jake. I'm here with Ryan and Tom as well. So thanks, everyone, for listening and watching wherever you are. Make sure to like the video if you're on YouTube or leave a positive review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. And also thanks to Jared from Cleveland for being our first Patreon Ultra supporter. If you want to find more exclusive benefits for patrons and YouTube members, make sure to check the links in the description. So today we are going to talk about the performances of the week. We had Champions League games, we had league games starting back up. And the main conversation today is really based around who do we want to see in this October camp? Maybe who are those new names that we are going to see get their first cap in World Cup qualifiers? Obviously, everyone's favorite now at that we've done it once. The tweets of the week are back. And we'll talk about the games to watch, the games that we're excited about for next week. So before we get started, though, Ryan, Tom, how are you guys doing? What's new today? Servus from Germany. Uh, doing well. Just... Uh, Got done watching all the games from over the weekend that I had to catch up on. Lucky enough to have some friends in town from the U.S. So finally got to have some people come over during COVID and get to do some exploring. So had to do a little catch up on the homework this week, but was able to knock it out pretty quickly and still get have some fun times over the weekend. I'm doing pretty good over here as well. Uh, it's been a busy time. I am uh, controlling some pretty big telescopes right now. So I'm a little bit tired, but we're going to make it through this one and move on to my all night session tonight. I don't know what kind of euphemism that was from Tom, but <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh, graciously woken up from his night night owl schedule right now to do this podcast for us. So thank you, Tom, for always indulging the large time gap between us. So let's talk a little bit about the performances from the last week. We still have a ton of injuries from our USMNT core that was from the first World Cup qualifying windows. I have a few players that really stuck out to me and players that I'm going to be excited about maybe hearing their name called 
next week when we find out the USMNT roster for the next World Cup qualifying window. For me, the names were Brendan Aronson. He had a late goal for Salzburg, and he played well in their one-to-one tie in the Champions League midweek. And Jordan Pifak got the winner for BSC Young Boys against Manchester United. He didn't really have the best game, but any moment where you can score in the last kick of the game, essentially, and get such an upset from the Swiss champions to Manchester United with a healthy Cristiano Ronaldo just joining the team. I mean, that was just fun for me to see. Maybe it wasn't the performance of the week that I was excited about. Just I love to see some success on the big stage from our U.S. boys. So, Ryan, maybe let's start with you. Who are the performances that you really caught your eye this this weekend? Well, adding on to your chat about Aronson, definitely looked great during the week against Sevilla in the Champions League. One thing that really impressed me was he was actually had the highest passing rate of any player on the field. So he's showing that he not only does it with his dribbling, with his positional flexibility, but he's also can be a link up play guy, which again is something that we were missing from last window. So that was really great to see. Um, And then the one thing that caught my eye from his goal to finish off the game over the weekend uh, against Rapid Veen was the fact that he had a 90-yard sprint but still was calling over the other guy that did the 90-yard sprint to him to come celebrate, like the guy that dished it off to him at the end. I think when your teammate makes that kind of effort, you go to the corner with him to celebrate, but uh, overall it was awesome to see that from him. Checking in on Twitter and looking at all the reactions from the midweek game with Young Boys versus United, the one thing that really stuck out to me was – I mean, not a lot of people from Young Boys fan club were in the PFOC mentions. I was kind of disappointed to see that. But it was pretty cool to see all the USMNT fans giving him some love, giving him a bunch of support. So he was one of the people that was late to make the switch coming over from the France youth teams over to the USMNT. But I think it's it's pretty cool to see that he's found his home with us and see everybody supporting him and showing him love out there. Uh, lastly, the other player that I thought was really impressive over the weekend was Josh Sargent got his first start in the Premier League and reading through Reddit and Twitter, you can see a lot of the people from Norwich really were impressed by his plays. So I like to see that it's not just my own confirmation bias, but when you see the hometown teams actually, or the hometown supporters actually showing the guy love and showing that the link up play and the connection that he's building with Pookie is really something that's starting to catch on. Was, was pretty impressive. And also, I found it interesting to see, again, him playing on the right wing. So I think something that we're eventually going to have to address is, is he a nine or is he a winger? Tom, what about you? It builds an interesting point. I mean, he looked pretty good this weekend. It's always good to see. And good to see Norwich fans giving him some love as well. I'd like to shout out PFOC for a great finish. I know that that ball was basically put on a platter for him, but he still beat De Gea there, and that's not an easy thing to do. And he put that ball right into the ground, bounced it right over him. It was really tidily done, and I was really impressed by the finish, even if it wasn't the best game for him. That's just a great moment to see for an American, especially in the Champions League against United. Uh, my standout performers, though, going to be Busio and Hoppy. Um, Busio with a free kick assist for Venezia and a loss to Spezia. Um, that's a mouthful to say. Um, <laughs> and then we had Hoppy make his debut in La Liga for Mallorca. Um, he managed to play 30 minutes, Had it was either a goal or an assist disallowed for offsides, and then he just looked very bright from all reports from his hold-up play for the last half an hour of the game. So another great name to keep an eye on this week. Yeah, Hoppy did have a goal disallowed for offside. It was a really nice uh, volley 
into the corner pocket. He kind of curled it from the air. It's really nice if you can go watch the the replay of it. Um, but I also want to mention as well our German boys. So Chris Richards got another start for Hoffenheim, had a really good game. Uh, unfortunately, I think they tied their game, so still not a win for Richards while he's been there. And then Joe Scali has been like out of nowhere, this this right back that is now com- maybe competing. We'll talk about this later when we move to our next World Cup qualifying window. Joe Scali is probably a name that everyone is going to have at the top of their list of new players, at least, that need to see the field. Um, one other player that I thought I'd mention was Yunus Musa. He had a substitute appearance, getting back to health. And this past weekend, a player that was playing in his position got injured 15 minutes in. So he played the rest of the game. He looked really tired after like the 65th minute. So you could tell he's not match fit yet, but it kind of forced him to get a lot of minutes under his legs. And he looked great when he was fresh on the field. Yeah, I would agree. I would echo that. I would definitely um, agree about the hoppy finish. I was able to, I was watching that game as it played. Um, and you could tell he looked extremely comfortable. I, I even watched the entire game and 20 minutes into it. Uh, you see some similarities between Shaika and Mallorca. They're both teams that aren't going to have a bunch of possession and aren't going to dominate play. So I think Hoppy's shown that he can excel in an environment like that. And you could tell when he came onto the field, not only did he look extremely comfortable and ready to play in La Liga, but from the first minute, he was kind of getting into it and getting a little chippy with the center back. And he even got the center back kind of fooled in to get a yellow card. So he has that CONCACAF, like CONCACAF mentality of being able to get under people's skin and get people riled up. And I think that's a really underrated part of his game. Yeah, Tom, Some did anyone else videos on that? <laughs> I know. I was just going to comment on um, uh, the highlights for Musa. Musa looked really good. I, I thought that there was a moment where he should have been squared the ball for a goal in the highlights, but the, his teammate didn't pass to him. I do think that I'll echo your point on he looked tired. I didn't think he looked that great on the right wing in the late stages of the game and at least partially at fault for both of Madrid's goals. Yeah. Valencia was up one, nothing with a few minutes to go against Real Madrid at home. And yeah, Musa was partially at fault for both of Real Madrid's goals, but Vinicius Jr. had some pretty nice plays to get Real Madrid the three points there. Um, So not all on Musa's shoulders, but Definitely needs to do a bit better. So maybe let's take that conversation into our World Cup qualifying games in October. I think we're only 17 days away, which feels insane for how closely these games are coming now. Um, So I would assume the roster is coming at some point, maybe late this week, early next week. The players need to know that they're going to be traveling. And so the first conversation that I want to have is just players that haven't played in a World Cup qualifying game yet or weren't on the roster last time, who do we want to see? But I also want to have a bit of a tangent because it's actually looking like Panama is on the red list for the UK still. So there is a chance that our English-based players uh, aren't allowed to travel to Panama if they are released for these games. So that could include Pulisic, Sargent, Stefan, even Reem and Robinson will all not be allowed to go to that Panama game. So let's start with just new players that you want to see in this October camp. Tom, we'll start with you this time. I'm going to throw a random name out there that's been getting a lot of love on Twitter. Jordi Mihailovic 
has been playing out of his mind for CF Montreal recently. I think he recorded his 11th assist of the season recently in MLS, which is not that far behind leading MVP candidate Carlos Heel. So if we're, if we're short on wingers, especially if Pulisic can't go in this next game and Reina's hurt, Mihailovic is a winger who we have seen before in U.S. camps who has had some mixed performances but is in the form of his life right now. And I don't know. I think it might be time to see what he can do. I really thought you were going to say Giassi Zardes, <laughs> <laughs> who did score a goal. He, he did, did. He goal. did. Yeah. So we might see no. that, that maybe I shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> we, I, honestly, with a 30-man window, it would make sense that we see him, especially if someone like Josh Sargent can't go to Panama. But there are so many good striker candidates, and I don't know. It feels like we're really thin at winger right now. Yeah, definitely. Ryan, who are one or two names that stick out to you? Well, I think we already touched on a handful of them. I want to see Richards in. I want to see Musa in. Uh, but a couple other guys that I think that have really been playing well lately. Uh, Matt Miazga went 90 over the weekend. He's not necessarily new to the USMNT camps. He's been in with Greg before. Um, so he definitely adds some center back additions that they're not playing in England. So therefore, it's an opportunity for hopefully he can be released. Uh, but also Nicholas Giochini. Uh, he's only gotten 45 minutes so far in league gun, but he has not looked out of place, had an assist over the weekend in his 50, or like 15 minute sub appearance. But right from the beginning, one thing that I noticed was his just, I mean, his grown man strength. He's, it's not like he's uncomfortable in that position. He had a ball played out to him on the wing and it was kind of a 50, 50 ball. And you could see him just body off the defender. And what well, you could tell it wasn't his first fight on the playground. He was ready for it. So played a beautiful ball in, and he's again one of those players that has winger mental or like a winger ability, but also can play as a number nine. So I think he's perfect for uh, in a window of World Cup qualifying, where as we saw last time, injuries happen, COVID can happen, anything can happen. So players can get sent home. You never know. Uh, so therefore, having guys that can come in and play multiple multiple positions is huge, and that's why also, as I was saying earlier, Chris Richards for me is huge too, just because he's proven throughout his career at Bayern and at Hoffenheim that he can play anywhere along the back line, even right back. He's played left center back at a back three. He was playing right center back this past weekend when he could play. So, of all the players, the the couple that we touched on earlier, but the additions too would be Miazga and uh, Gio Akini for sure. Yeah. I would be remiss to, since we focus so much on players that we can watch on TV, and that is mostly European-based USMNT players and MLS-based USMNT players. And there are two players that are currently playing in South America that I just want to touch on because Alan Sonora is playing in Argentina in their first division. He has It seems like he's had a goal or an assist in the last five or ten games. He has some insane stats and his goals are from outside the box. So we don't really have a ton of players that like to shoot from outside and test the keeper. I definitely could see him coming in. The other one is someone that we saw a few years ago and at some of the Olympics is Johnny Cardozo, a.k.a. Johnny Soccer, my favorite nickname in the USMNT pool. He's playing in the Brazil first division and again, getting some playing time, not really showing out with any crazy stats or anything. But again, if we're going to consider players that are maybe getting substitution appearances in league, oh, maybe we should consider players that are starting and playing 90 consistently in the best South American leagues. What do you guys think about Johnny Cardoso or Alan Senora? 
I haven't seen much of Cardoso, but I have been kind of keeping tabs on Sonoro or Sonora down there. I know he's got three three goals in seven games so far to start off the season. Uh, his last one was a little bit of luck, but hey, you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. So like you were saying, a guy that's willing to take shots from outside the 18. And, you know, when balls are hitting the back of the net, that builds your confidence. Uh, I think in an interview after the game, he mentioned that, you know, he needs to continue this level of play. He needs to continue to play at a high level in order to warrant a USMNT call up. So uh, I think he's definitely, I know Greg's spoken about him before. He's on the radar. Uh, have yet to see him in camp, but we spoke to this a little bit last time. I think this is why you need a 30, heck, go 32, 34 person camp. You can have these guys come in and just practice and just be with the team and start to learn the tactics that Greg wants to implement. So I uh, seeing him in a, a larger roster would definitely be something that would be like raise an eyebrow. Yeah. That's been frustrating for us too as fans. It's like, what's the negative of bringing these players in and getting them time with the camp? Even if they're not good enough at that moment, you're still getting them reps with your system, with the other players and building chemistry. So I completely agree. If, if we're not at least at the 30-man roster, then what are we doing at that point to really set ourselves up for success with our depth? Tom, yeah, I, I feel I, like I you agree. have something to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I Johnny Cardoso's form has dipped a little bit, but I really do want to see Alan Sonora, especially given his skill set, I think matches up perfectly with what we need and how aggressive we need to be in these, especially away qualifiers. So call him up. I would love to see a 32-man roster. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. I also want to take us to Turkey for a bit, too. So Haji Wright and Tyler Boyd both are playing really well for the respective Turkish clubs and if we're considering people in Argentina Argentina is a great league uh Brazil is another great league Super League is another solid league and Haji Wright's been on fire and Tyler Boyd picked up another assist this weekend that's a good call yeah I think again kind of showing our TV bias is who who can we easily watch and I will say for myself at least the Turkish first division isn't necessarily the the games and the teams that I go to first. So anyone else that we're missing, I think about Gianluca Busio, Matthew Hoppy, players that we've already talked about from performances. Is there any dark horses that you could see making this 30-man roster that we haven't talked about yet? I mean, I think I if we're like if, if we're going down to South America, if we're going to Turkey, then uh, for me, I, I feel like that's digging pretty deep. Uh, I don't know, Tom, you got anybody deeper than that? I, I feel like if we're going to go this deep, we've got to look at the entire FC Dallas crew. So your Paxton Pommy calls your Jesus Ferreras. These are players who've been playing really well in MLS. And we know we need these MLS guys to succeed in these windows. So those are not bad names for us to consider either. Yeah. What do you guys think about, uh, Lucho, Luchi Gonzalez being fired from FC Dallas today? Does that mean anything for our young nationals at FC Dallas? They're going to play the uh, kids. I, it, it's, it's always going to happen. Dallas always plays the kids. <laughs> yeah, it's in their brand. Uh, I hope they don't, you know, I think Lucci might have been partial to some of the guys that he helped to bring up through their program. So I, I, I hope to not see a dip in playing time for any of them because I the main reason that I – definitely tune in to FC Dallas games is to watch Paxton Pomacall. I think he's probably the most underrated midfielder or 
really just kind of utility player that's in the MLS. And he definitely won my heart at the U20 World Cup back when they played. Was that the one in Poland, if I remember correctly? Um, but yeah, he was incredible. So you just see a guy that can play any position on the field, literally. Um, and when you watch FC Dallas games, you see he's just influential. Every game that he plays well, Dallas looks good. In games when he seems to a little bit out of form, Dallas tends to struggle moving the ball around the field. Yeah, and players like that, to be fair, they fall off the radar when they're injured or when they have a long recovery. I think for me, being a Red Bull fan and knowing where Aaron Long stands in the center back depth chart when he's healthy and the fact that we kind of like scrambled to find Walker Zimmerman, to find anyone, Miles Robinson, uh, Mark McKenzie, like all these people are getting chances. If Aaron Long is healthy, he might be, he might have been the person that partnered with John Brooks this entire time. And we would have never seen some of these other players. So I definitely think we should start to be thinking about who has fallen off this radar, who maybe had the potential and has just kind of lost momentum because of some of those injuries. Um, yeah. Sorry, I think Robin, a big one. To, no, I've, speaking to that, I think one person that we're kind of forgetting about that could be a dark horse, not fully healthy yet, but he's inching his way back to the training field is Richie Ledesma. Uh, he was a guy that was just breaking through with PSV before he had a terrible ACL injury. He was got he got his first start, I believe it was in a Europa League game, and maybe 20 minutes into the game, he got into a 50-50 challenge on the sideline, and you could just see the knee buckle a little bit. And you, I mean, if you've torn your ACL, which Unfortunately, I've been through it. The moment you see the injury and you see the examination they're doing on the sideline, you're like, mm, I know what that is. Uh, so he's a player that once he gets back on the field, he's somebody that's really special and can really move the ball through the midfield, take players one-on-one, and he's sneaky quick, sneaky fast. So he's still got a long way to go, but he's definitely been doing one, uh, individual training on the sideline. Hope to see him back in team training soon, and he's another guy that could sneak up on the radar. Yeah, Definitely. All right, so one more question based on this pool of players going into the World Cup qualifiers. We talked about players that had great weekends, had great Champions League games, players that we want to see coming into this camp. So maybe those are our our stars. Is there anyone you're striking this week? Anyone that had a bad performance or poor performance that you think they want to forget? I'm going to go ahead and put out an unpopular one, but Wes McKenney did not look good in his first appearance back for Juventus and then didn't feature at all against Milan this last week. So if there's anyone to strike right now, it's Wes McKenney. Yeah. Yeah, not that he's been on the radar, but I've been banging the drum for him. But it was really disappointing not to see Julian Green even touch the touch the pitch this weekend. Uh, he's a guy that I really think can add something to the team. They, I know Greuze Firth has, have brought in a few transfers late in the window. So hopefully he's not falling out of form with his coach. Uh, but again, a guy that has a lot of positional flexibility that I'd like to see in. So him not getting minutes, I think we can definitely kind of cross him off the list, unfortunately, for the October window. Um, but there used to be the mindset, too, of if a player wasn't getting regular minutes with his with his club, then it's not uncommon to see, hey, maybe coming over and getting in with your national team can kind of spark you back into form. I don't know. That's going to be Greg's way of looking at it. But uh, the glass half full kind of guy like I am, that's that's how I'm going to choose to look at it. And maybe that's why we need to get green into this next, next camp. I mean, to that point, I think. Maybe if you're talking about Christian Pulisic or someone that is sitting on the bench at Chelsea, you're going to say, yeah, that can jumpstart their form a bit. 
But then if you're looking at the quality of our team and you have someone at the bottom of the Bundesliga, maybe not getting playing time. And I'm, I'm not talking smack on Julian Green specifically. I think our team has like, it's almost too good at this point to start to spend roster spots. But again, if you have them available, if you have 30 plus available and you only need to bring 23 to the game, then why not? What's, what's the harm? Um, staying in the Bundesliga for me, I think John Brooks had probably two or three weeks to forget. He was at fault for both of the goals that the U.S. gave up against Canada and Honduras. Goes to their Champions League game and gets a red card, gets sent off, and then doesn't see the field for his team, Wolfsburg, in the Bundesliga match this this past weekend. I think he probably needs a break at this point. So for me, it's okay that he sat on the bench. He's still, for me, kind of the pick for Wolfsburg. And I think it's looking like LaCroix, the other center back that he's paired with, is going to be sold in the next transfer window. So they're still used for him. He hasn't fallen off completely, but there's definitely something there with his dip in form. Yeah, it's a good call. All right, so let's let's do some tweets of the week. Talking about FC Dallas, which we will all the time since they house the entire crop of the USMNT Young Nationals. Uh, this is a tweet actually from Justin Che's mother. And Ryan, I want to have you explain this one because some of the words are in German, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> one of them is. Uh, my German's pretty limited, but I can at least figure this one out. Uh, so her just kind of, you know, shouting her boy out on Twitter saying, let's do this Mena. So Mena, just her going to German. And we know the fact that in interviews, Justin Che has said that he would be very interested in a call up to the German national team, I know for his elective in school, he takes German as a, an additional language that he can take. So he's lining himself up for it. And he's an incredible talent, been doing really well for FC Dallas. But my question to everybody is, is do we need to have dual national panic over Justin Che? I'm we never need to have dual national panic. Yeah, <laughs> never ever. <laughs> um, but I'm also much less panicked when we're talking about the German national team versus the Mexican national team. I think there's a lot higher bar to get into the German national team. And Justin Che for me is not there yet, but for someone like Ulian Araujo is much closer to the Mexican team's quality. And that also means that arrival is taking one of our best prospects. So I'm not worried about Justin Che too much just yet. It doesn't, it seems to me, right. He spent time at Bayern. Um, they wanted to purchase him. I'm assuming this could be just like a mom and son inside joke or just something that she calls him, but I'm not pressing the panic button just yet. Tom, do you have kind of the same idea? Yeah. I mean, I, in general, am very anti dual national panic. I feel like the players who are going to play for us are going to be the ones who play for us. We'd no sense trying to panic about it and worry about who's going to be the next star. Cause it's so hard to figure out who's actually going to be really good down the road. Someone with a lot of potential could, always fail to pan out, especially center back prospects. How many of those have we had over the years that have just sort of faded away? So I I just, I have a hard time feeling any sort of nerve about dual national panic, especially when you're talking about a German national team that is so hard to break into. So I think we don't have maybe I'm weird on this this show. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, maybe I'm weird, but I I just, I can't see it. (laughs) 
Yeah, really, really hard to break into, but it, uh, definitely high on Justin Chan. I think he's got all the talent in the world. And uh, just in case Angelina or Justin are listening, we love you. We want you to stay with the U.S. We're supporting you all the way. Even if you go over to Germany, I'll take care of you. I can get you all your Ger- or the, your American groceries while you're over here in Germany. I'll, <laughs> I'll take care of you for whatever you need. You guys get over. Our man on the ground in Germany making the personal touches for our U.S. national team. Guys, this is why you need to just listen to all of our podcasts and support Deutsche Yank on Twitter. He is doing God's work for the USMNT, <laughs> trying to get all of these dual nationals to the U.S. So this next one is from Craig Daniels. He actually has a Norwich podcast, and he tweeted out that he hasn't been more impressed uh, or He's been more impressed with Josh Sargent than any other player so far this season for Norwich. And for me, this was just great to see. Ryan, I know you talked pre-show about just how this kind of gets out of your confirmation bias again, seeing other people just confirm maybe that are local to these teams. Um, Anything else that stuck out to you from Josh Sargent? I love the way that he has come back so quickly from his injury. Uh, he had a lot of travel and then maybe a hamstring injury from the World Cup qualifying games. So just to see him get back, start the game, and have that trust with the manager who maybe is on his way out. He's under a lot of pressure, hasn't gotten a point in the Prem yet. Uh, But Josh Sargent is not someone that the Norwich fans are complaining about just yet. So any other thoughts on Josh Sargent, guys? I mean, it's, it's just great to see Josh Sargent showing out in the premier league and showing that he belongs after, you know, a very tough stented Werder Bremen. So I'm, I'm just glad to see it. And, you know, it's very easy. We get sucked into this world of USMNT, Twitter, USMNT, Reddit, USMNT discord. where like, everyone is cheering for the U S players and everyone is only watching the U S players. And so we have a hard time seeing any faults in the U S players. So seeing someone who's actually a supporter of Norwich, who has more invested in the club than the player, it's great to see that they're happy with him and excited about him. And it's not just us being, you know, the crazy U S fans that we are and being so, so unwilling to criticize our own players. Yeah. I think it's nice to know that we're just not completely being homers. Uh, It's, it's hard not to do. I I know we're all guilty of it from time to time uh, or most of the (laughs) time. Yeah. Or (laughs) probably most of the time for sure. We don't see any faults in it. Sergeant is definitely one of the guys though, that I think takes a lot of heat for his play. If he's not perfect, people are definitely quick to say that he needs to not be our number nine, maybe not call him up into the club or into the team. So, you know, just seeing other players, like you were saying, kind of local guys that, are running a podcast and are super invested in the team, making making note of his play. I think he's been a spark kind of every time he's been on the field for Norwich. Uh, so happy to see him get his first start and cool to see him getting some recognition from other people that aren't just homers. Yeah, definitely. And talking about another striker in the pool is uh, at playoff. Ronnie said, do you see Hoppy's match? I thought he looked like he belonged. Also, he played as a striker. I hope Greg is watching. So guys, I actually did want to ask you about this because Hoppy is a striker that has played on the wing for the U.S. team. Nicholas Giacchini is a striker that has played on the wing for the U.S. team and now for his club in Ligon. And it seems like this is kind of a preferred position or preferred flexibility in Greg is strikers that can maybe flare out and play some of that wing play. Does it hurt someone like Mihalovic? who has specifically played on the wing and maybe isn't kind of that dual 
person that doesn't have that flexibility to come into the team. Tom, what do you think? I, I think it does a little bit. I think that someone like Mihailovic is going to be limited to one of those wing spots, although it is better for him because Greg has played him as an eight before, so he can drop back instead of you know having to switch to the striker position. But I do think that there is some benefit, especially in these World Cup qualifying windows where players get hurt, players can't travel, you're going through these grueling windows where you have to play someone every two days that if someone can play in a different position and we need someone there, it's really nice to be able to have that sort of flexibility and not being like, okay, they can play left wing and that's it. That's all that they can do because it's almost a waste of a roster spot. What do you think, Jake? (laughs) Well, for me, it's, it's more about the formation play and the fact that Usually, I mean, I don't even remember the last time we played with two strikers. It's just hard to bring more than three forwards when you're playing a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 when the entire time you're only going to have one forward up top. So yeah, to be able to bring someone like Matthew Hoppy who can maybe interchange with whoever's playing that number nine could be a Josh Sargent even we've seen. And on Norwich now, he's kind of doing the same thing starting on the right, but interchanging with Pookie to play striker. So it's it's definitely a point that I think Greg specifically prefers. But again, if you're kind of a few assists back and you're on form to be the assist leader in MLS, I think he's 23 or 24 years old, has been in great form. So why, yeah, for me, it's it would be one of those things that I disagree with Greg on is don't not pick Mihailovic because you prefer someone that's maybe performing less but can be a bit more flexible because we already have enough. We have Brendan Aronson, we have Christian Pulisic, we have Conrad De La Fuente, we have out-and-out wingers that we can put on the field. Ryan, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel like you guys pretty much crushed it. Uh, everything you guys said, I would definitely echo. And adding to <laughs> adding to it, another player that's in this in the same role is even Timothy Weah. Like he's, he's another guy that can do exactly the same thing. I would say from what I've seen from Hoppy though, I I do like him more as a straight up nine. Uh, I think he, he makes really intelligent runs in behind the line. You can see even on the disallowed goal from over the weekend, he was perfectly on the back shoulder of the defender. And at the right time, he just drifted back to the back post a little bit to give himself the space to get the ball played in. Understandably so. He's just a little eager to get in behind that back line, but that's something that'll come with maturity and more games he plays. Um, so I'd like to see Hoppy more at the nine. Sergeant, I was definitely a big fan of him as an out-and-out striker, but the more I've seen him playing on the wing, he was doing it a little bit with Bremen before he left as well. I know it's something he wasn't really happy about. It was one of the reasons he kind of wanted to leave Bremen. But once he got over to the Prem and realized that, hey, if it gets me on the field, I'm willing to do it. I like to see that kind of sacrifice from a player. So to see him not let his ego take over and just be willing to get on the field and get minutes and do the job for the team is something pretty good. Um, And as far as Mihailovic goes, I think he's a player that I think goes under the radar a lot. He does have some quality to his game. I'm just afraid to see the dumpster fire that Twitter turns into when Mihailovic gets called in. That's all. You, you just have to so ignore USMNT Twitter. Twitter, or, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that marks another conversation that I won't be having on this episode about how USMNT Twitter works. Um, 
All right. So <laughs> Timothy Wea, let's use that as our way to transition into the last section, which is the games that we're looking forward to this week. So I have two games, and then I'll see what you guys are looking forward to. The first is a midweek game, Chelsea versus Aston Villa. Uh, Pulisic over the weekend wasn't in the squad for Chelsea against Spurs, but he was back in individual training. So I'm hoping to see him make the squad at least sit on the bench, maybe get five or ten minutes at the end of that cup game. And then the other game that I'm looking forward to is another midweek Wednesday night game for Lille, where it looks like Timothy Weah could be set to get his first start of the season in league one. And uh, I'm just a huge Timothy Weah fan. I want to see him get as many minutes as possible. And Lille with the new coach, uh, it looks like they're not really going to be in contention for uh, first place to defend their, their championship. But for me, I think Timothy Way, it's a good place to be to start growing his game and getting back in form. So Ryan, maybe we'll start with you. Any games that you're looking forward to this week? Um, games that I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, I didn't see that on the script beforehand, so <laughs> I don't I don't have anything that I've done a lot of research in. But just to touch base on uh, the two games that you had talked about, uh, I definitely think that Timothy Weah is probably one of the most underrated players in the USMNT pool. And people forget that he was out for, gosh, a, a full season with a terrible hamstring injury. Like typically you can have a hamstring injury that doesn't require surgery, but I believe his did. So to come back from that and he able, was able to, he was able to put in, I think close to like 700 minutes last year, 728, if I remember off the top of my head. Uh, so you could he's remember come back. That, he was not any games that are happening. This week. <laughs> uh, didn't, yeah, didn't, uh, you know, I, I failed this portion of the pod for sure. Didn't do my <laughs> research on that. Um, but definitely excited to see Timothy Wea back in. And I think he's one of the players that could make a big difference come 2022. He just needs to get into form and get the minutes. Yeah. Everyone listening or watching, make sure to leave a thumbs up and a positive review for Ryan's brutal honesty here. <laughs> We love that. <laughs> Tom doesn't love that. He's given a thumbs down. It doesn't matter what you do. It gives us engagement. <laughs> It'll help <laughs> the channel and the video grow. So yeah, leave a thumbs down for Ryan. Boo, Ryan. But that Sorry, still guys. helps us, so who cares? Uh, Tom, <laughs> any, any games or players that you're looking forward to watching this week? I'm going to highlight a few games featuring possibly some U.S. players uh, happening on Saturday. We've got uh, Chelsea versus Manchester City coming up this Saturday, which should be a really good game. Hopefully, if Pulisic shows out in the midweek game, we see him get a chance to have a run out, a uh, rematch of the Champions League final from last year. Would be great to see Pulisic get on the field and maybe even score in that match. Um, later that day, we also have Wolfen Wolfsburg versus Hoffenheim. Richards versus Brooks will be really interesting to see how that plays out. Would love to see both of them play well. Hopefully, we see a nil-nil draw in that game. See both of our center backs play well. I'm going to go a few other games, too, on Sunday. We're going to highlight um, a game that won't feature a U.S. player, but Lazio-Romas are just some of the best matches to watch. They're playing this Sunday, so I might have to tune in and give a watch to see how that rivalry shapes up. And then we've also got Sporting KC versus Seattle Sounders this weekend in a match between one and two in the MLS Western Conference. We should see Christian Roldan play in that game as well as Sounders huge firepower i love watching sounders play so i'm excited for that one you know the worst part about living in europe is that before in the u.s i could wake up 
to watch soccer and then spend the entire day through <laughs> European soccer and then watching MLS to finish the day. That's just not like that. Ryan, I'm sure you feel that same way. Uh, I, I could definitely empathize. Occasionally I'll get uh, on Sunday. I think there's normally games at like nine and 11, something like that. So I'll get the, you know, the morning games from back home in the States that are showing late at night here. Uh, but yeah, typically it's uh, a lot of watching highlight films and stuff that people put together on YouTube afterwards. Unfortunately though, you know, I think a lot of times when you're just watching highlights, you're not really getting to see really how the game played out. So it's unfortunate not to watch because I was definitely really starting to get into MLS and even USL since I was living in Phoenix before moving out here. Uh, I was going to all the rising games and they were great to see. So thankfully on ESPN plus you could watch replays of the game. Uh, so normally at least Sunday morning or even Monday morning, uh, I'll wake up and try to get at least one of the games in on replay. Awesome. Oh, all right. Oh, and I did, I did do some quick in the pod research. I think one thing that we're leaving, <laughs> One thing we're leaving out is uh, Mönchengladbach versus BVB. Really disappointed that Reyna is not going to play because I know Scally and Reyna have been like best friends. You can see them on Twitter, always kind of, or on uh, Instagram, always going back and forth with each other. So I think that would have been a really interesting game to watch Scally go up against uh, Reyna and see if Reyna could have megged him. <laughs> could have happened. Could have happened. Could have happened. Well, mm. well, we'll see it on the back end of the Bundesliga because they do like front to back games were yeah. there, home games were away so all right before we wrap up any l- final words from you guys no for me just uh you know I, I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to us it's it's really great this is something fun to do and i want to just encourage everybody to maybe tweet at any th- all three of us to get in on those tweets of the week it's it's really fun to interact with you guys i think the great part of the USMNT community is watching it grow. Some of us, like myself, have been, you know, following the USMNT since the 2002 World Cup and really taken off from there. But with the, you know, invented invention of social media and being able to interact with all you guys, it's really fun for a lot of us. Like we we love it. So if there's anything you guys think that we should be doing differently or anything you guys want to talk about, feel free to hit us up anytime. Yep. Tom, how about you? I I, I agree with that. It's going to get a lot of people calling me out for Zardes takes, which I'm not sure <laughs> I want all over my Twitter. But yeah, call us out. Hit us up on Twitter. I promise I do look at my Twitter, even if I'm not very active in tweeting on it outside of US Windows. But yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that you everyone takes the time to listen to us. I'm always glad to take the time. I love soccer so much and especially getting to chat US soccer. It's just such an honor, such a fun thing to do. So looking forward to another great window coming up here in just a few weeks. Too soon almost. Well said. You guys did my job for me. So <laughs> thanks everyone so much for watching, listening, anything. Uh, make sure to like the video or leave a positive review if you're listening on a podcast. And we'll see you next week for our roster announcements for the next World Cup qualifying window. See everyone. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.